Welcome to the Black Tech Fest podcast. This is our roundup of everything that is going on in the black community with regards to technology, innovation, creativity, and culture. To behind the scenes at TikTok. Um, such a pleasure to see you all here today. We have an amazing session today featuring three amazing, um, two, well, two black women and a, an amazing black uh, man who all work at TikTok. I work at TikTok myself as well. And we're gonna be giving you an insight into what it's like being black and working at TikTok, um, a bit about our jobs and what we do, how we got into what we do, um, and also the opportunity for you to ask any questions um, to us basically. Uh, so to introduce myself, my name is Anne Olienka. I am a talent acquisition partner here at TikTok. Um, and what that basically means is that I hire everyone, well, not everyone, <laughs> but a lot of people that work here at TikTok. Um, I'd love to also introduce you to the amazing um, panelists that we have joining us today. I want them to introduce themselves, themselves. So I'll, I'll hand over the mic first of all to Chris. Would you like to introduce yourself to the people? Thanks. Um, hey, everybody. I'm Chris Critchlow. Uh, I'm Live Ops Manager for Europe. Uh, and I'm currently at the studio we'll be, where we'll be running uh, TikTok Live's Black History Month event this evening, a spotlight on Black British comedy. Amazing. Thank you so much, Chris. Um, Ola, would you like to introduce yourself to the people? Hi, guys. I'm Ola. Sorry, Ola. I'm so sorry to cut you off there. I want to leave you to last because we have a little special something to show to the people as well. So I'll let Phyllis not because she's any less than you, because we know, you know, she's amazing as well. <laughs> but um, Phyllis, if you'd like to introduce yourself first. Sure. Um, my name is Phyllis. I work in the AdOps team. I do everything from setting up your campaigns for huge clients to analyzing and making sure I optimize where necessary to reporting on these campaigns too, and making sure it all runs smoothly on our platform. Amazing. Thank you so much, Phyllis. And last, but by, by, by no means least, Ola, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi guys, I'm Ola and I'm Brands Partnership Manager at TikTok. So I look after the beauty clients on our platforms. So really leading with education so that brands understand how to connect their organic content and paid media content um, when it comes to the beauty category. Um, but on the side as well, which is probably why um, Anne has left me till last, um, myself and the family are actually quite active on TikTok. We fell in love with family dances way back when I was pregnant with my third um so i have three kids and we definitely make a thing of sunday tiktoks as well so yeah a few of them have gone a little bit viral she says a little bit viral she's being so modest we're talking about she's an actual tiktok celebrity guys she no, gets like millions of likes millions no, of no, yes you do girl i've been seeing you on the app i follow you what are you talking about guys i want to show you an example of um the videos that ola cre uh, creates with her family so i'm just gonna play that for you guys now so you can see what she gets up to have a look Amazing. <laughs> Absolutely love it. I'm sure, I hope some of the people watching are familiar with the Jerusalem challenge but to me that was the best Jerusalem challenge I'm a little bit biased because I love um Ola's son Dream 
he really is the most beautiful little boy. So if you're not following uh, the Pello family on uh, TikTok, get following, get on there. Love it. Um, so as I said, we're going to be talking a bit about our jobs um, at TikTok, what it is that we do, what it's like being black and working at TikTok to give you guys an insight into what it's like working at TikTok, but also to give you some ideas about the kind of career opportunities that are available um, to you. Um, as it is Black History Month, we're shining the light on the black community and opening up opportunities to the black community specifically. And as a black um, British um, woman who was born and bred in, in London, I was always told, you know, um, you've got to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. And those were the main types of opportunities and jobs that were spoken about when I was growing up. I had no idea that there was anything, you know, anything in HR or recruitment. I had no idea about ad operations. I had no idea about what Chris does, you know, live operations manager. Um, so this is really an opportunity to shine a light on the opportunities that are available to you. Um, so you can kind of like use this as, a, as an opportunity to, 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 to direct your career as well and be aware of other, of other things that you can get, uh, that, you can, um, that you can get involved in. So first question, um, what would be lovely to, to do first and foremost is get an understanding from each of you guys about what it is that you actually do. Like, okay, you said your lives ops manager, for example, Chris, what does that actually mean? So we're gonna go into each person um, to give, an, uh, give a, an account, so to speak, about what it is that you actually do. What does it mean to, do, to be called what you're called at TikTok? So I will start with Chris. What does a live operations manager do? <laughs> sure, thanks, Anne. Um, so I guess you can kind of break my job down into, you know, three pillars, if you like. One is looking after the ops and technical support. So uh, in instances like this, where we partner with various organizations or we work with brands to get their live, um, live feeds active inside of the app, I would work with the technical team in the same way that I have today. So a uh, big shout out to the guys at Mantis Broadcast for delivering this one today, uh, as well as the team at Pixel. Um, but Long story short, I would coordinate with the technical POC on that side, uh, get the video feed. You know, there's always going to be somebody with a video feed in their hand. And I go, right, let's point it from A to B. So I work out how to get it from them to, uh, to our platform, handle all of the operational and technical bits in between, schedule some testing, have some fun. Then we execute and we get a great event like this. The second part to what I do is around uh, process optimization and product education. So breaking down the idea of what live is, making it really accessible to people both internally and externally, and then opening up a series of frameworks and uh, you know, uh, bite-sized delivery bits of information um, ar around what live actually is. So to make it easier to access, scalable, um, and more effective uh, you know, the world over. The third part to what I do is uh, collaborating with product managers. So when they release new features inside of the app, um, like for example, the e-commerce feature that we released over in the US, um, when that gets released over here, I'll be working with the team to support uh, a lot of the activity in that side and, you know, working with brands to make sure that, you know, if they've got a specific campaign with us or even, you know, our, like our day-to-day -day creators, when they want to go live and sell their own merch, um, I want to make that feature as accessible and able to, like, the same uh, usability uh, needs to be present with the creators as well. So that's probably my job in a nutshell, but it's lots of fun operational technical stuff. Uh, I get to bring events like this to life every day, uh, make a hell of a lot of impacts. So, yeah. That's the role of a live ops manager. <laughs> Love to say. I mean, he really, really broke that down. Like it's just an everyday thing. But <laughs> Chris, <laughs> like I get to work really closely with Chris. So I, especially across this Black History Month and all the events that we have planned, and he does 
a lot. <laughs> so yeah, so really, really good work um, from Chris. Um, so let's go on to Phyllis, actually. Let's talk about, it seems like I'm following the same order. That wasn't intentional, but I'm actually, I want you to tell people about what you did. because I think it's actually really, really interesting. Of course. Um, so I'm going to try and avoid getting too technical here. So like if we're going to keep it really top line and basic, it's kind of like I receive my assets um, from our big clients like Nike what and Adidas. Talk, talk later. Assets. Okay, cool. So there you go. Assets. So you know those visuals you see when you open the app? You know those ads you see following you around and those creatives that you see? And this on TikTok, of course, because we're so creative, it ranges from influencer content to actual just branded content. I make sure that I plug this all in. I set it up back end using our ad server and then um i make sure i plug in like any tracking um i implement any tracking that needs to be done and make sure that these are campaigns that clients are paying for perform um and i optimize along the way make sure it receives all those engagements um and then i report in it and i tell a story and i make sure our clients are aware that you know these many people are clicking your ads and these many people have viewed it. They dropped off two seconds after, six seconds after. And then we try and make, you know, we try and make a story out of it and we try and make them repurchase this and pay more for some advertising um, activity on our sites. And then of course there's troubleshooting along the way. So it can be quite technical, but I seriously love what I do. <laughs> I love it. So you've got to be quite a technical person to do your job then, Phyllis, would you say? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, of course, it, it took quite a while to like learn this stuff, like all these online certificate with Google Ad Manager and, you know, TikTok ads and all these things. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's once you get in it, I think it becomes as easy as ABC and it's also quite easy to learn. Um, but yeah, it's definitely quite technical. Love it. It's uh, definitely not a job that I can do then because I am the opposite of technical I can just about log on to a zoom meeting that's about as far as technical as I, as I get um so Ola brand partnerships what does that mean break it down for us sister girl sure so the brand is obviously um the businesses and I'm particularly looking after beauty and the partnerships how they can work together with us at TikTok to get their brand message across in a way that's authentic and connects with the users uh, one thing that sets us apart as a platform and where we've really seen industries such as beauty pushing the needle forward is the fact that it is really about that positivity piece. And it's about learning to laugh at yourself and learning to really favor the progress over the perfection. People come to TikTok to learn new skills. And, and I feel like brands have now seen that it, it pays more to kind of be more relatable as opposed to kind of being overly polished. Um, so it's my job to one lead with education. So when I speak to the brands, it's important that they understand that it's not about striving for that unattainable um, image of beauty, but more about what everyone else can relate to and showing up when it matters most. So all the, like, it has to be aspirational. It really has to empower people to feel part of a community. And in doing so, allowing them to create campaigns that feel native to the platform. So they don't stick out like, oh, here's a shiny ad. It's more like here, it's part of my life. It's part of my lifestyle and less about marketing to me, but marketing with me um, because I am their, um, their audience. Um, and I guess when you lead with that education, brands then see the power of putting substantial amount of investment in having TikTok as part of their plan. And we work together with them to make sure that the creative does really well. And all, obviously it's all in the results. It's nice to come up with a shiny campaign, 
but it's more about what are the results as well? What did the community feel? What were the comments? What did the beauty audience feel like? Is this something that we can scale up on? And that's how, and what I do day to day in the role, play the expert as well as um, with the audience, as well as with the community as well. Love it. Love, love, love it. I love what you said about basically the authenticity of, of, of the app and helping educate brands around that because you're right you know we're so used to seeing like shiny ads that stick out like a sore thumb but if anyone's been on the app you will see that a lot of brands that are advertising on the app they're doing authentically it blends into the general consensus of the app um which is what which is what i love about about the app um on, on a personal level um what i'd love for you guys to share a little bit about is how you have got into what you do now. So um, I'll start with Phyllis, just because I feel like ad operations is not, it's quite new actually in terms of like a career path to take. I would say probably, correct me if I'm wrong, probably in the last like six to eight years, we've seen a, a real like shift towards that kind of, or a need for that skill set. So what, what kind of skills do you think um, one needs to acquire to be an ad operations um, um, specialist, Phyllis? Um, I just wanted to sort of like I wanted to say you're absolutely right. Like it's been a just come into play within like the last eight to ten years. Um, only because of course we remember our traditional marketing, slap that poster in that newspaper and get that ad out on the street and you know, no no source of measurement. How do we know if it's working or not? And then I guess over time with technology, we've got to a stage where we're like smart enough to go, Oh, hold on, no, I wanna know what we're getting for this and what how, what what does this mean? Who's engaging? XYZ. And um, that's how we formed into advertising onto um, platforms like apps and on certain browsers and certain websites. And um, how I got into it, I actually remember, I think I was in sixth form and I was just like, you know, it's that stage where everyone's like, oh, what are you gonna do in uni? What are you doing in uni? And I was just like, I really had no idea exactly what I wanted to do. And one of my friends just goes, oh, I'm gonna do marketing communications and advertising. And I was like, whoa, that sounds, re <laughs> that sounds really smart. Like, let me give that a go. And um, I just went into it, like, it, that's how I got into it, the course at uni. And from the things that I was learning, I was like, you know what, this isn't even rocket science. Like, this is like putting things together and making a story and making sense out of it. Like, of course, I'm gonna, like, people are gonna pay to put these adverts and campaigns out. But we also want to know if it's working. We want to see how many people are buying this. You know, you made all that money just out of advertising. Like, this is incredible. Like, and from there, I kind of went into my master's and said, okay, this is it. I want to refine this down. I want to look deeper into advertising and the mechanisms behind it. And then that's kind of got me into, like, that got me into my junior role previously. And then I started working from there. And I genuinely was just always so wowed at the whole, I was just very wowed at the whole, oh wait, this campaign, so this this company, this tiny company has just become so huge and doing so well just from like putting this campaign on this particular website where their audience is, where their target audience is. And you know, when, when you put the sciences together, it works. Um, and I guess I just found it very fascinating and that's how I got into it. And that's why I'm where I am now. And that's what I plan to do in like for the years to come as well. <laughs> And of course, it's going to change in the future, you know, so um, it's, you know, advertising is always going to change. I'm just hoping to kind of like stay on top of it. Absolutely. Love it. Love, love, love. Um, and do you think that um, you need to have a degree in marketing and advertising or a master's to get into ad operations? Or are there more vocational courses that one can take um, to get into it? Do you know what, as time goes now, from being absolutely honest, I am sure there are so many courses available online for us, to, for people to take and take that route down. 
it's yeah. like as long as they get the sciences and all that like all the advertising basics um conquered like secured this can be done through google analytics this can be done through um quite a few and um, quite a few platforms um not google analytics sorry um google ad managers training and of course tiktok we've got our own tiktok ads training the more you familiarize yourself with all the training material out there available to you online then yeah it's it's there and it's doable you don't need your masters or your uni degree but it's not to say cancel it keep it up if you are yeah definitely definitely um yeah just to encourage everyone you know if you if you're someone that you know is doing a degree absolutely do go out and smash it you know get really good grades but don't be discouraged if you don't you know have you know access to higher education for whatever reason um you know it is really expensive at the moment to go you know to go to university there are other ways that you can gain qualifications and gain the experience that you need to have a job um like like phyllis is so yeah um i'll move on to chris um because your job is lots of different things and you're always fighting loads of different fires it'd be really really interesting to understand your journey to where you are now and how you've gotten there and what kind of skills or degrees or whatever you think that are needed to to be a live docs manager like yourself sure um so my role requires uh, a background in like event production broadcast um and audiovisual work um, because there are a couple of different facets. There's the technical side in terms of being able to like look at a video feed like our users are, uh, and viewers are looking at now, and you know if it's lagging or if it's dropping or the audio is moving out of sync, um, I'd be able to visibly look at that and troubleshoot that. Um, and then look at a couple of network pieces uh, as well. So if we start to you know, drop out or we start freezing, it, like, is it attributable to the video feed or is it attributable to the network connection that we've got? You know, have you got a bad Wi-Fi or a bad hardline? Um, so the way I got into it, um, I started as a, you know, T-boy event assistant, like, um, like from a technical side. Um, so I used to work in a recording studio uh, in Essex uh, after school. Um, and somehow, some way, I fell into working with the engineer that was in there, started to learn the board. Um, I'm fairly, like, just naturally technical, I guess. Um, things just kind of come to me, if that makes sense. Um, no, so, so you're just yeah. naturally gifted. You just, you just got it. <laughs> No, 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 not even, not even. Come on, come on. Um, but uh, yeah, like I, I picked up working on the uh, on the mixing desk pretty quickly, and I realized that studio stuff wasn't for me. So I started to jump into some live work when I was about fifteen. Um, so yeah, summer holidays, uh, I was touring uh, as a you know laborer, humping and dumping flight cases. Uh, I think Italy was one of my first tours with a random rock band, and that what? changed. My life. You were touring yeah. with rock bands. Listen, there's a whole other story. Like, my, like I'm, tr I'm trying to truncate it. But like, um, the general premise was I started working on some live stuff. Uh, I, you know, this industry is very small. So, you know, you do a good job on one show uh, and you get invited to another. So it just kind of snowboarded like that. And before I knew it, I was, you know, operating as a, a you know, first line audio engineer uh, in the, you know, the Albert Hall. I was doing the London Philharmonic. Uh, done awesome stuff. Um, diversified from sound, went into some more graphic stuff. Um, again, just kind of picked up because this is one of those jobs where, you know, the client spins around and go, hey, you're the tech bod, come fix that. Um, yeah. You know, you're, you're the audio guy, or you're a camera guy, and you're now being asked to like do lighting or like run an LED wall. And I'm like, you know, I like the challenge. So um, there was never going to be a point where I say no, but that also comes with a line of nervousness because you've got to really run around and learn how to, you know, run an LED wall quickly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, there was a lot of learning on the fly and learning on the job. And um, I was very blessed to be able to, you know, get to make some, like, meet some great technicians and pro um, project managers over the years. 
Um, before I knew it, I was running my own team. Uh, you know, we started running shows up and down the country and across Europe. Uh, did some crazy stuff. Um, and then, yeah, it's, you know, I landed a job in tech at Facebook about six and a half years ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, was doing stuff there, changed roles to Facebook. Uh, that one didn't particularly work out. Went to Google, had, did a couple of years there, had a lot of fun. Uh, left Google, went to Snap, didn't like the environment, came here, loving it, doing all sorts of crazy fun stuff. So I, I think- really cool. I, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Like, got to catch them all on some Pokemon behavior. But I, I think the, the thing for me has really been about, you know, diversifying skill sets. I like- um, mm -hmm. I, like those who know me personally will hear me say pivot and adapt uh, quite often. Um, yeah. And I found, I've regularly found myself in uh, situations where I've had to pivot and adapt. I'm never going to yeah. tell a client, no, I can't do that for you and risk yeah. not getting paid or delivering a bad show. It's, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to go figure it out, bite my nails while I read a manual quickly and hope to God I've absorbed the information to do it. And then obviously as I've learned and I've trained, a lot of this stuff becomes second nature to me. So yeah, pivot and adapting, uh, pivoting and adapting, uh, I'd say are the two main drivers um, to get in where I, I, I got to. Um, I wouldn't say that you need heavy academia to rely on this. There are lots of vocational courses. And you know, this is your budding photographer or videographer. You could be a broadcast operator one day and you just, like it's just on, on the trajectory line, right? You know, you could go from shooting yeah. a music video with like, you know, uh, local artists or whatever, right up to, you know, operating broadcast cams at Sky. A friend of mine did this and I had the same journey. Another one was a producer. He's now a music curation uh, manager at Spotify. So like, there are multiple trajectories and I think it's just looking at the application of your skill set and the things that you're passionate about to then look and see where are those applications in the broader world. Yeah, I love it. I love what you said about pivoting and adapting. And I think just, I think you all will agree that working at TikTok is all about pivoting. Like, okay, that's the work. So what are we going to do now? <laughs> Nobody panic. We can adapt. We can make this work. And I think definitely one of the one of the things working at TikTok is definitely having you know having the the ability to pivot quickly um, and not stay down if things go wrong for sure. So I love that. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Ola, um, what would you say are the skills? Uh, it could be from an academic uh, perspective. We heard from Chris. You know, Chris um, spoke about it's more about like you know your natural the skills that come to you naturally and um, refining those and working on those to get to, to where he is today. What would you say um, are the skills that you think are needed to to be a brand partnerships manager? I would say that definitely, like Chris mentioned, being able to adapt and pivot, but more importantly, within my role the ability to build relationships. Um, there's that whole saying about the only difference between where you are now and where you are next year are the people you meet, the books you read and the opportunities that you take. And I think a lot of us kind of underestimate how much one relationship can really catapult you into other conversations where your name can be in other rooms where you've never walked into because of the impression that you left on that person. So using every opportunity to put your best foot forward, but equally being very self-aware and learning to listen more than you speak is so important because only then can you come up with a solution that matches that of what the needs and the concerns of a client is. Otherwise, if I'm going with everything in our TikTok arsenal to say, we can give you this, we can give you this, that might not be what the client needs. And it's always about playing that role of being the guide in the conversation and letting whoever it is be the hero. Um, so 
I feel like that relationship building aspect, irrespective of whatever you study, um, you have to know how to carry a conversation, how to be self-aware, and you have to know what you want out of that conversation as well. So I think a lot of people have met the right people, but we haven't asked the right questions. Right. And that hasn't been able to open up the right responses from us. Um, and now that we've gone into this age where a lot of the networking is done virtually and reaching out to people, people are more open to having these conversations with you. So never thinking, and I think I love the fact here um, at TikTok, the fact that you always feel like whoever, whatever role you're in, you can reach out to someone and collab collaborate across the business. And I think we like, whether you're a graduate as well, having that a bit that courage to reach out to someone who may be in that field and not seeing it as unattainable but seeing that person is like and some people might say no but you'll never know if you don't ask that question so and, and in doing so you build those skills that allows you to become people people because people buy people not things um and this is why i'm in a sales role i guess <laughs> i love it and you really sold it to me um for sure and I think I think one of the things that I can say about the people that work in brand partnerships at TikTok is is that it genuinely is about building relationships um you know the the uh, talking as a talent acquisition professional within the business I think I can confidently say that one of the things that you know my stakeholders aka the hiring managers look for that are hiring brand partnerships teams and um, hiring agency partnerships teams is that they want to work they want people on their team that are consultative you know that aren't just going to sell for the sake of selling but are selling something that the client needs you know so I think that is a huge difference between what I've seen in the salespeople that may work for other organizations and the salespeople that work for, for TikTok. So really good point there, Ola. Thank you for that. Um, I want to make sure we have time at the end for Q&A. So I'll just ask one more question to everyone. Um, as it is Black History Month, I do, and you know, we're all Black professionals working at TikTok. Um, and I think it's really important to shine a light on, you know, what it is like, you know, or, you know, being a Black woman, a Black man, um, working at TikTok in our respective um, roles. Um, so who wants to go first, who wants to volunteer to ask to answer this question first? What is it like being a black person working at TikTok? I might be jumping. Go on, Chris. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's, I, this is the first tech company where I've truly felt able to be black and be cool at the same time. Um, I, I think, the block community, like, you know, the, the, the sorry, black people. You mentioned the black community. Who are the black community? Because a lot of people won't know who that is. So, you, sorry, yeah, good point. Um, so it's uh, the internal affinity group for black employees. Um, and we're here to, you know, A, create a support and safe, like a support network and a safe space for black employees, but also drive initiatives, drive systemic and sustainable change with leadership um, and, you know, carve out equitable opportunity. Um, but, you know, this relationship that we have internally has really allowed room for us to just be authentic and be ourselves at all times, I feel. Um, certainly with leadership, I've found that I can have candid conversations uh, about race uh, and, you know, structural issues that we need to look at changing and there's not been any pushback or you know um I, I i'm sure i speak for all parties present and many who are who are viewing that you know when you've tried to bring up race related conversations with certain non-black people before um you know there's always that hesitancy the uh you know the discomfort um and the frustration that's in there so it's always awkward to to look at how that feels sometimes um i think the bit that i'm very grateful for is that our leadership have been 
extremely receptive to ideas and uh, you know suggestions and how we make change and make more equitable change. Um, so very grateful for that. And I'd say, yeah, being black at work has been really positive so far. I love it. Well, how would you? How do you? How would you answer that, Phyllis? How, what is it like being a black woman working at TikTok? Um, I definitely want to echo. Um... Oh my gosh, Chris, your name came up my head then. <laughs> I'm just gonna echo Chris. <laughs> um, it's an amazing place to work as a black female, you know. Um, of course, there's a long way to go, but we are like, it's a good place to work. Your voice is being heard. Um, again, the black community, the family I've got there, it's insane. I've come from a very corporate background where it was like probably the only black person in the team and I didn't have this sense of community. And then I've come here where it's just kind of like, even just my non-black colleagues, it's just like, wow, go Phyllis, this is amazing, Black History Month, wow, you know, screaming about it, sharing it, and just, it's everyone's in this together, and like, it's all of us kind of working together in the right direction, and I just, yeah, I, I couldn't be happier, and I just hope that, you know, we keep this energy up, and we keep being proud, unapologetic, unapolog unapologetically black, and just, yeah, just going with it. I love it. And I feel as I can definitely like relate to what you said about, you know, even the non-black people within TikTok, the community is amazing. Like, yeah, we have Black, which is an amazing family and a safe space. And we've all, everyone there has got each other's back. Like, like we're literally a family. We're a really, really strong unit. But also the people, um, people that don't identify as Black that work at TikTok, the support has been unreal from when we launched black history month um till now people sharing you know what we're doing people talking about the people congratulating us people message like i've had so many messages like, like directly um from people just you know just really really encouraging me and i think that is just so special and i've never ever ever worked in a place where this kind of thing is celebrated so much it genuinely is so beautiful to see um, so definitely agree with you on that, Phyllis. Um, Ola, how would you say it, it's been, you know, working at TikTok as a as a black woman and a mom, you know, and a wife? Like, what? How would you say your experience has been um, uh, thus far? Definitely positive, um, and I think it's quite humbling as well to know that we have so much of a stake in changing the narrative, as well as like just kind of moving things forward with the sort of creators that are on campaigns with like suggestions and specifically for me as well, the topic of beauty, which is the category that I look after in TikTok, it's, it's very much like something that always needs that conversation around diversity and really being representative of what the community really looks like and pe people seeing people who look like them when they come onto an app. Um, because we know that the black culture really influences music, food, um, style, fashion. So how do brands do this in an authentic way? And being a part of that conversation where we can take our community that even outside of work, that we know these black creators that are doing amazing work, but maybe lack the visibility from like a wider brand perspective, we can take that to the table and we can be like, well, you can't have a campaign if you don't have this person on there. And it's not that they've been ignored, but it's just that we are the people who are now able to have those conversations internally to push that forward. And that is one thing that I see as a massive, massive like, 
positive as being internally within TikTok. And also as a mum, obviously my five-year-old daughter, she thinks it's like the cool, she thinks I go to work and make TikToks all day. Um, but <laughs> I don't know, that's not what we do. We don't make TikToks all day. Um, as a mum, it's because social media, this is a social media age for a lot of our children as well. And a lot of young people and showing them that there can be a positive app where it's about striving for that creativity and allowing people to kind of express themselves in a different way. It's such, it's nice to be part of that and part of that story. And yeah, I feel like I definitely get a few brownie points from my five-year-old daughter who can edit probably a TikTok video better than I can. Um, so um, yeah, it's definitely really good. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. Um, we've got a couple of minutes left and we've got a couple of questions. I won't be able to go through um, all of them, but there was one question that I really wanted to, to bring to the forefront just because of how, how much of a buzzword I feel that DNI is at the moment or buzz phrase. Um, I feel like diversity and inclusion is at the moment in a lot of, in a lot of companies, particularly within the, the tech industry. Um, and I'll just open this up to the floor and anyone can, can answer and, and kind of um, pipe, pipe up with it. Um, how do you feel DNI plays directly? So when I say DNI, I mean diversity and inclusion. How do you feel diversity and inclusion plays directly into your role on a day-to-day -day basis, especially represent representation in ads, um, et cetera? Um, so I think all of us can probably answer this question. So we can literally go around. Phyllis, because it um, specifically ask about, asks about representation in ads, I hope I haven't put you on the spot. It would be good to... <laughs> if I have, I'm sorry, but you still can't answer though. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it would be good to kind of hear from your perspective how DNI plays that, you know, into your role. Um, and then everyone else can kind of go around. Um, what we've literally got a couple of minutes left, um, but yeah. If you want cool. to go. I try and answer it as quickly as possible with this it's a really good question actually because it's like you know I'm setting up these ads I'm seeing these creatives and then you sometimes you see a lack of diversity in this and you're like okay what do I do here and then we wait for the reporting and once I see the reporting and it's not performed so well I would then go back to our client solutions team who have a direct contact with the clients and they can and I would just say hey look maybe we should include this maybe you know maybe we should look into diversifying this and having an open conversation about it and also educating them and telling them about the benefits and letting them know that, you know, your ads need to reflect the audience so that we can relate better. I think Ola touched on this earlier, um, but that would be it from my point of view, very plainly. Amazing. Ola, how would you say, how would you say um, diversity and inclusion plays into your role? Um, I think I touched on it a little bit with especially beauty um, and, that having that voice um, and showing that beauty comes in all shades, all sizes as well. It's not just about colour, um, social economic status and like backgrounds, upbringing um, from areas where people can even like from like the language that's used in ads and suggesting to like clients how it's not really about jumping on the trends. You can confidently lead a conversation within the black community or within like um, a community that have previously felt marginalized by just listening a little bit more. Um, so I definitely think it plays a huge role because I've got my ear to the community because I'm part of the black community. And then I can bring that to the table at work and feel confident and like comfortable enough to say, 
look, this is what's trending. This is a general consensus within the black community. How do we as TikTok position ourselves correctly? And especially working with you guys, it's just like with Chris on live and like Phyllis on ad and you on talent operations. Like I've never <laughs> felt like it plays so much from bringing people in to feel to them feeling empowered and enough to do the role, to them feeling like there's a next step to possibly like working with someone like Chris and seeing how the uh, business can move forward. It's inspiring and it definitely, it plays a huge role. Love that. Um, we've only got like a minute. We've got to quickly jump off. But I just did want to also just chime in there and say, just in terms from from a talent acquisition part, um, talent acquisition point of view, um, DNI is a huge, huge, huge focus um, for um, and and I think I can confidently say for the business uh, when it comes to talent acquisition. Um, I think that. Um, one of the things that I've noticed as a talent acquisition professional is that you know a lot of DNI had to do with oh you know getting more females into senior positions and that's great and that is absolutely needed but we also do have a responsibility to make sure that we are including and diversifying our workforce from an ethnic point of view as well um, and that is definitely something that I as an individual am wholly wholly focused on um, and we're looking at you know events like what we're doing you know with black tech fest and working you know partnering with color in tech with regards to black tech fest you know these kinds of things feeding into our overall diversity and inclusion strategy are the sorts of things that we're looking at to make sure that diversity and inclusion is front of mind not just for the sake of ticking a box but because genuinely like we want to be a, a, a workforce that genuinely is diverse but also includes um inclusive well um so yeah, thank you all so much for joining. Chris, Ola, Phyllis, it's been amazing having you on here. Um, we hope you all enjoyed the session. I'm sorry we weren't able to answer all of your questions. And um, thank you all so much for joining and see you soon. And that was our session with TikTok. Um, and there's a lot going on. <laughs> but I think what we loved about that was that it came from the heart. There are black people white right at the heart and the centre of it. And the team has been absolutely amazing in order to make everything happen. Um, a lot of people don't see the emails and the back and forth that happens, but when there's a lot of willpower, there is a lot of impact. And um, yeah, you only have to look all the way throughout TikTok's content, products, etc. to see it as well. So, TikTok are actually going to be back at next year's Black Tech Fest already. Um, so definitely have a, have a check out for all the opportunities there. They are pushing the boat constantly and are hiring really aggressively. So um, do, do check out some of their early talent and actually experienced talent roles as well. Um, but we really do hope that you enjoyed that podcast.